This episode is dedicated to my cousin, Javi Ambriz. Born on May 23rd, 1993, and parted ways with this world on December 25th of 2023. He was a loving son, brother, and friend, and he will be missed. We honor his memory by dedicating this to all who have or are currently wrestling with mental health. Please know that you matter. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Off B Podcast. Happy New Year to everyone. I know that uh, 2024, we're in 2024, mm-hmm. and uh, the lovely Darlene Munoz joins me today uh, once Hi. again. I'm back. Shady's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so she's joining us today, and um, today we're going to do it a little bit different, but I just wanted to hop on here and, and just uh, welcome everyone uh, to first episode of 2024, and... Um, from Christmas all the way up until today, it's been one crazy rocky journey um, in my own personal life. And uh, something, you know, we're going to talk about it, but not the greatest of news came into my life on Christmas Day, actually, literally on Christmas Day. Um, some very, very heartbreaking, shattering, sad news came to to us on Christmas Day and um, and that was the news that my 30 year old little cousin uh, decided to part ways with this world and it was under the most shattering circumstances and um, you know it's been it, it feels like it's been like it feels like it's a bad dream honestly it's uh it's been about a week or two and we've been back and forth. Um, he lived in Vegas, so we've been back and forth uh, to Vegas, to Cali, Vegas. And uh, we just got back yesterday, right? We just got back yesterday with my wife. And uh, and man, it was, um, it was crazy. And so I reached out to Darlene right away and, and, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, I just really feel it in my heart that we need to, I need to get an episode of, of this situation. I need to, we need to get an episode out there. We need to bring awareness out there. And, um, and she was on board. She was with it. And, um, so I thank you. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Darlene, for taking your Saturday today to Uh, come. I have nothing else to do, but I'm very, I'm very happy that you thought about me. And, um, um, he shared a little bit about what's happened, um, over the last couple of weeks and, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. It's going to be a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, we're going to talk about yeah. men's mental health and mental health in general and um, suicide. Yeah. Um, it's a hard topic. Um, and again, if you feel triggered, um, I would encourage you to go seek help. Um, try reaching out to a suicide hotline. Um, talk to a friend. And we're going to talk about it some more. But for now, we're going to let George talk a little bit about his family history. Maybe share a little bit about his cousin. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the news that we received on Christmas day was, um, it was about my cousin. It was, he's only, he was only 30 years old and, you know, my cousin, um, he took his life, you know, he took matters into his own hands and, uh, you know, and we didn't even really understand what he was going through. You know, I think that was, one of the hardest things, I mean, the situation in itself is, uh, 
a very hard situation. You know, my my aunt, um, you know, anyone that knows my aunt, um, her name's Alma Mireya. We've all we've known her our whole life as my tia Mireya and my cousin Alex. Um, my love and and my condolences and hugs and kisses to you guys. I, I know that I even told them about. I said, you know what, I'm I'm gonna do an episode and and they were they were all for it too. You know, they they're like, yeah, they said go for it, mijo, do it. Because yeah, more people need to hear about his story, hear about what happened, and um, there's so many people that are going through what he was going through. And the thing is, I guess we was whole, so heartbreaking is we didn't realize how much in pain he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he was um, only 30 years old. You know, he was going to be turning 31 in May, and it's just his birthday is just two days after my young. My young, my oldest daughter's birthday. He was going to be turning thirty-one, and that's very young. Yeah, you know that's really young. And uh, when we got, when I got the news, I, I really couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, we knew how my cousin was. You know, he was always to himself. You know, he was pretty antisocial. You know, and. You know, but he he always hugged family. He always received us when, whenever he he was around. You know, but for the most part, he was to himself. And I think we just kind of accepted it like that. You know, we kind of just like, okay, well, my cousin Alex. You know, my cousin Javi. You know, that's you know, we were all just kind of just living our life, and we just accepted him for who he was. You know, we just hey, that's. He was a gentle giant, you know. He was, he was a big guy, big six. I think he was like six foot two, you know, um, big guy, and and he was just a. But he was such a gentle giant, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and he was, you know, he would he loved. My, I know he he loved my mom. He loved his tia, his, my tia. He loved his mom. He loved them so much. He was such a good kid. He was such a good guy. He had no malice in his heart that I knew of. He had no malice towards anyone, no addictions, no, you know, he wasn't a bad guy. Like I was a bad guy, (laughs) you know, I was, you know, even we're talking about that. Even when we would go visit, when we would go see my, my aunt is, you know, man, like, uh, you know, any, anyone can say whatever they want about me, about my brother, about, about my cousin and 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 they'd be right you know we were we were bad little kids we were bad teenagers crazy and and but my cousin you know he he was a good guy you know but he suffered in silence Mm -hmm. you know and it's something that i really you know what we're gonna talk about and and i don't want to give everything all away at once you know um because if not i think i'm gonna start crying right away <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah just um you know we lost a good 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 cousin and um it's just sad because he really was just suffering in silence yeah and nobody really knew what he was truly truly going through yeah it's it's natural for like loved ones to feel confused um about it because someone who's who's thinking about suicide or someone that does follow through with suicide, they do it because they feel like a burden. 
And um, sometimes, you know, their family members, they'll feel like, you know, a little bit of anger because just like, how can you do this to me? You know, his mom probably feels a little bit of that um, feeling a little bit, you know, sad and you feel shame because you weren't there for them. Um, You know, you're just questioning like, oh, questioning yourself like I should have reached out more I should I shouldn't have you know pushed away or maybe maybe if you ever made him feel bad like I shouldn't have done that um but a lot of people who are um you know suicidal like people are commit suicide is that um their family feels like it's like a selfish act but um to them it's just like I'm a burden to them it's like I'm doing someone a favor yeah um and it's it's hurtful it is. Yeah, it really was. And I think that's what was so crushing. You know, because once we got the news, we, we were already planning on, on going to Vegas right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was already in the books, in the plans. And, you know, we, we had the family and we're semi-ready. You know, we're last-minute packers. So we we're just kind of like, okay. But when I got the call, I, I, I myself, I personally, I, I didn't even know how how to react. Mm -hmm. I I really didn't. I, you know, and I think it's because, you know, I I myself have been battling so much with mental health Mm -hmm. and trying to move forward and, and doing the work in my own personal life to, to be better every day. And then to get hit with that type of news that, you know your 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 little cousin he didn't make it and i think what i felt you know it might have been selfish i don't know but what i felt in that moment was like what's the point <laughs> you know what's what's the point of <laughs> Doing all the work. You know, why did he have to lose? And uh, none of us knew why. Why? None of us knew why he did what he did at that moment. But I didn't know what to feel. Like, I remember when my grandma passed away. You know, I, I, (laughs) I felt... The, like I started to mourn right away, you know, my tears came out, you know, right away because my dear grandma, my my beloved grandma, my, you know, my first love, you could say my grandma, you know, had left us and but she lived a full life, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it was sad to know she was leaving and that she had left, but we knew she had lived a full life but with my cousin. I didn't know. And it was it sucked because like my daughter was had just come home to be with us for Christmas and to get ready for us to go to Vegas and and she was opening her gifts you know and you know I felt so bad because I, I just a ball of emotions just came you know and I didn't know what to feel and and she was opening gifts at the same time and and I was looking at her reactions I was looking at. And it just, I felt so bad because like, then just anger came, you know, like I didn't, 
I think because I didn't know what to feel, you know, my first initial reaction was just like, I just got angry and I just, you know, I took it out on the kids, you know, I just like, I don't know what, what exactly I felt in that moment, but I just felt like, ah, uh, like these kids, you know, they're ungrateful, you know, they're, they don't realize what good they have, or I don't know, I just, and I just got mad, you know, and but really, I was just sad, yeah. you know, because my cousin had, my cousin was gone, you know, and, and there was nothing that I could do anymore. There wasn't a phone call that I could make anymore. There wasn't a text message that I could send anymore. You know, there wasn't anything that I could do yeah. anymore at that moment, you know. Um, those All those emotions are normal to feel. You can feel angry. You're feeling a little shame. You're kind of confused a little bit. You're seeing so much potential. You saw so much potential in your cousin. And it's heartbreaking that that he didn't see that for himself. And he's young. 30 is young. It's so, young. Sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves to have everything figured out yeah. by 30. And um, I'm turning 30 next week. But I feel like I still have so much life ahead of me. Yeah. And you know what? Hearing about your cousin, I wish, you know, he would have saw it the same way. He was still, still so young. Like, yeah. He still had the opportunity to be loved. And, um, you know, the him being uh, isolate, self-isolating um, and not being, like, too social um, is kind of, like, a sign as well. Yeah. Like, some of the signs is just, like, withdrawing, um, maybe substance use, um, you know, giving things away. Mm-hmm. But some some signs of like someone that's thinking about suicide is sometimes they even they're even happy like towards yeah. the end they're happy because they've decided I am going to end my life I am not going to feel this burden anymore mm. and you know I don't know if he felt like that towards the end but yeah. some people some people start to feel like that you know it's it's interesting that you say that because that was kind of the last moments that my cousin and my and my and my tia had with him on christmas eve you know because once we got there you know we did ask like what what happened you know what and my aunt said that you know he was off from work that day you know he worked at um at amazon there in 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 vegas and he was off that entire day and and then he's my deal was like you know i came home uh, she had just come home from visiting one of her cousins and she came home and, you know, um, they were going to get uh, dinner ready. And, and so my cousin Alex was going to cook something. And then she was like, she's, you know, she was going to cook something else. And so my cousin, he was a big guy. He was, he, that was one thing about my cousin is that he loved to eat. You know, mm-hmm. I think at his final weight was like, he was like 320 pounds. He was a big guy, big six two, you know, teddy bear, big teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he was, but I guess that he had been that day, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, he had been drinking all day, you know, and making himself drinks and, you know, and he was just without eating, you know, cause he was waiting for dinner. So my aunt came home and she said like, 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 don't worry, like, I'm going to cook the pork chops, you know, and then once Alex comes, he's just, he'll throw, you know, um, the ham in the oven and, you know, we'll do everything. Let's all get the difficult things out of the way. Don't worry about it. And I guess um, she did. She did what she did. And, 
you know, she offered him a drink. She's like, you know, he was making cocktails. And then he's that he seemed fine, you know, and he was, you know, he was a little buzzed, whatever, but that he seemed he seemed happy. He seemed calm. He seemed and then I guess that she he made her a drink and you know, and she was like, Oh, you know, it was really good, you know, like thank you, Mijo, and this and and then like he just made his the drinks and then went back to his room. And you know, and he's everything seemed normal. Everything seemed good. He seemed in a good mood, like nothing out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't like crying or sobbing or or you know, you know, he was just frustrated because the food wasn't ready, you know, but you know, which hungry man, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know, and and uh so I guess they had some roommates there and uh, they were like, man, you know, where's Javi? You know, it's, uh, we want more cocktails, you know, cause I guess he was making them. He was making them really good. And so I, you know, they went up there, one of the roommates and they knocked on the door. He wasn't answering. And so my tia was like, you know what? I, I think he's done. I think he's done for the night. And, you know, she, she just like, you know, just leave him, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably tired. He's probably done. He's probably had too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. He's probably just let him rest. He'll probably wake up later, you know, and the rest of the night went on and that's where they believe it happened because after that he never came out mm-hmm. you know he never came out and in the morning my cousin said i think he went i don't know if he said he went for a run or he went to go look at some work something along those lines he left and then my tia was like he, she said it was around 11 or eleven thirty, and so she's like hey you know javi's still not out you know, and so she's knocking, knocking, and he's not saying anything. He's not opening the door. So she finally tells the roommate, like, hey, can you break in? You know, because this isn't, this is, this is weird. And I think once they broke into that door, man, I mean, you know, that's where I feel so much for my Thea because, man, I, I don't believe any mother should have to find their child, their baby, because, you know, you guys know as moms, no matter what, they're your babies, no matter how big they get, no matter how old they get there, that's your baby, you know, and she said that she, she didn't really understand yet what had happened because he was just on his desk, you know, he was just like kind of just laying on his desk and he had some headphones on and, and she was like, you know, like she touched him and she said that, he was cold, 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 cold. And she's like, like, what's going on? What's happened? And she took the headphones off and she said that, you know, she felt or saw the blood. And she's like, but she didn't know. She's like, maybe the headphones exploded. Maybe it did something to his ear. But then that's when, you know, the the roommate that was there was like helped out more and kind of and saw and said, no, like he, you know, he did what he did. And my aunt just like from there just lost it, you know, and, and man, and I feel so much for my tia, you know, I feel so much for her because, ah, man, like, ah, it's unimaginable, you know, what she's had to see and what she's had to experience. And on the day of Christmas, you know, why Christmas, you know, I mean, so many questions that went through and, you know, but just exactly that, like, it just seemed, he seemed happier than normal. He seemed more together than normal, you know, and it's, you know, I don't know. And maybe I, the crazy thing is that 
you know, because at the moment they couldn't find the note or anything. They didn't know why. But, you know, in his Google, he did have some Google searches and and in his Google searches, you know, he did have like one of them was like uh, like a local psych psychologist, I think. Like he was looking for local psychologists in the area. And then the other one was like how not to resuscitate. And then the other one was um, just like a song that he was playing. You know, he was just it was a song that he was playing while that he was listening to, I guess, you know, when it all happened. And um, yeah, man, it was it's I I don't even know how to imagine what my aunt felt at that moment. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a hard topic. Um, um, thank you for sharing. I know it's it's a little bit tough. Um I have my own experiences about suicide that I'm not ready to share yet, but um, it's always hard. And, um, you know, it seemed like he was trying to seek the help. But, you know, I think in the Hispanic community, it's not really like something that's encouraged. Yeah. Like it's it's just not encouraged. Like it's kind of like we're put to shame and different cultures experience different expectations on how to handle mental health like yeah. you know blacks they don't even consider mental health or rarely even consider mental health and then you know asians pacific islanders they're more like you have to be within the community and that's how hispanics are too you have to be yeah. within the community and you know even you know i don't know what the family dynamics was but sometimes the family is not really so helpful yeah. When they're feeling so when they're feeling, you know, depressed and feeling like a burden. But it seemed like, you know, um, he had shared a little bit about his cousin prior to us meeting um or starting the podcast. And it seemed like he um might have been just kind of just disappointed where he's at in life. It probably had uh -huh. nothing to do with the family. And I just um I hope your family sees this and just like don't blame yourself. Um you guys loved him, you know, you you probably didn't notice any signs because it seemed like it was his personality. Um, but I would just encourage, you know, the feelings that the the feelings that you're feeling, the the emotion the emotional roller coaster you've been on and your family has been on is completely normal. It's yeah. normal to feel that way. It's normal to feel anger, it's normal to feel shame, it's normal to feel confused and sad and you're grieving like you're going to, you're going to experience emotions. And I just want to say it's normal. Yeah. Thank you. No. Yeah. I was, I know my, my, like the, the day before we left to Vegas, like that was one thing that my wife, she pulled me to the side right away, you know, cause I went to the room after, you know, kind of just having that burst of emotion because it was just anger, you know, what I felt. Cause I didn't know what to feel. And I think that's just so common in us men, you know, is when we have like these this turmoil, I guess you could say of emotions, you know, it's like, what do I feel, you know? And, and, and I think at that moment it was like, I don't know what to feel, you know? So I just defaulted to my anger, you know, but my wife pulled me and she's like, look, like you're grieving. Like I understand you're upset, like, but it's not the kid's fault. It's not, it's you like, just take the, t take a pause, take a moment, you know? And, 
And, you know, and I, I knew like, and I just, but I just couldn't grieve at that moment mm -hmm. yet. You know, there, I think it's just so many questions, so yeah. many questions, just, just going through, you know, and, and I was like, should I leave now? Should I just wait a little bit? And, you know, and I was, I was like, look, started looking at flights and just started like, I just, we didn't know what to do. And I'm like, you know what? Like, okay, let me just get it together for a little bit. And you know what? Let's just keep the schedule. We're already planning to go over there. There's nothing we can do at the moment to change, you know, any situation or anything like, let's just wait. And so, but when we took off, you know, I, I think I still had it all just bottled in. I didn't know what to feel. I really didn't. I, I was like, man, like even questions like, could I have done more? Yeah. You know, could I have done more? Cause I, I admit, you know, like these last few years, you know, it's, it, I, you know, it, we weren't as close because growing up, we, we all were super close. Mm -hmm. You know, that was uh, our childhood as, you know, as, you know, um, you know, we, ha we're still recovering from traumas, you know, <laughs> like every child, you know, yeah. that grows up in a Hispanic home, you know what I mean? But all the pressure. <laughs> so much pressure. But for the most part, like we had an amazing childhood, you know, with my cousins and, you know, he was a, he was, you know, seven years younger than me, you know, so he was the baby of us four. Cause it was always me, my brother, my cousin, Alex, my cousin, Alex and Juan, they're like the same age, mm -hmm. literally like they're like five days apart. Um, and then, and then it was me, you know, so then once Javi came into the picture, I mean, he was a baby. And so, so the tension kind of like, you know, cause they were, they were mean to me growing yeah. up, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're like little bullies to me, you know, mm -hmm. but we had fun, you know, our childhood was, it was filled with, you know, we loved each other. We, we saw each other like brothers and, yeah. you know, it was filled with, you know, we would spend the night at each other's houses uh, our parents would get us McDonald's, you know what I mean? Like that was one thing we would always look forward to is like the McDonald's, you know what I mean? And and so, and watching scary movies. And so we had a really nice bond growing up and Javi was, you know, of course he was the younger one. So maybe it wasn't as, uh, the bond wasn't as close, you know, but we still, you know what, we, we treated him like a little brother, you know, we were, um, you know, once we went into our teens, you know, of course, I got into my mess. Um, you know, we we all got into our mess, like all three of us, the three older ones, my brother, my 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 cousin, we all went, we got into drugs, you know, we got into the party life, we got into a whole mess of things. And, um, and that's one thing we're talking about, too, we're like, man, you know, him being the youngest, we're so gl glad and grateful that he didn't follow any of our footsteps. That's good. You know, he really did it, you know, and, and I don't know if it was a mix of like seeing the stupid things that we would do um, or, you know, seeing his mom, you know, suffer because his mom suffered a lot, you know, mm -hmm. with my cousin and my mom suffered a lot with us. So he had a good head on his shoulders when it came to that, you know, but admittedly, like these last few years, yeah, it was... um sadly we weren't as close you know and and so a lot of that guilt did come you know well i think that's natural like naturally when we get older we get into our own lives you know you shared on multiple times on different podcasts like the life that you lived as a teenager mm -hmm. it was a very like crazy life mm -hmm. and you know you got caught up in that and then you started ca getting caught up on healing so yeah. you know it's natural um 
to start to like be more focused on yourself, focus on your wife and your kids. Yeah. I'm sure sure your your cousins were also preoccupied with their own lives as well. Um, but you know, I had a, I, I think you know him, but I won't say his name right now. But he also has um uh, one of the trainers at the gym. Okay. He had a friend that, you know, um, took his own life as well earlier mm-hmm. um, during 2023. Very close friend to him and. Um, you know, he had he had things going for himself. He had his own meal prep um, company. Okay, um, I think I know. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's, um, you know, he he felt so much pain for him when he heard the news, and it's like you know, someone can look like they have it all together too, yeah. and still just feel like something is missing, and that's why I want to like encourage men, like men need mental health services yeah. as well like men are often frowned upon um when they want to show emotions um even myself like <clears throat> i grew up with my dad um he was very expressive in his emotions very but like aggressively like he was <laughs> he was horrible but um I, he taught me that men should not feel that way so, um, you know, in previous relationships, like it was weird to me when some guy would tell, be expressive of their emotions, but in a healthy yeah. way. And I was just like, you shouldn't even be feeling anything like <laughs> it was very ignorant of me. But I think that's how society is sometimes that like they forget that men have feelings, too. Yeah. Men have concerns and worries and stress. So um, what, do, what do you think are some other stress that men have that you feel like have pressure on? Yeah, man. So, so I think that, so one of the things that, um, like I said, in the beginning, we really didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the hardest things is why, why on Christmas, why, yeah. you know, and in the middle of grieving, in the middle of everything, it was kind of like, what was going on? Yeah. You know, um, when we returned to Vegas, um, cause we came back, we were there from Tuesday to Friday and the kids were with us. And I'm telling you like these last two weeks, I want to say they, they've been so crazy. Like, um, we were just talking about that with my wife. We are like, man, these past two weeks, uh, we got sick at the same yeah. time while we were in Vegas. Uh, my wife got sick when she was in Vegas. And, and so we had the kids along with us. We had all three of them and we're all cooped up in my mom's house. And so, it, it just felt like there were so many questions unanswered and mm-hmm. we were just trying to be a support there for my, for my, for my aunt. So, you know, we were just like, why, why, why? So when we got, we came home, dropped the kids off, um, you know, thankful for my, my in-laws that they were able to, to stay with them at that moment. And then we flew back to Vegas right away. And so when we flew back, that's when they found the letter. They found my cousin's letter. It was hidden. Um, it was hidden away in a shoebox, and so and you could tell that it was written a while, like a while back. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. So this was something that number one, we 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 found out it was something he had been contemplating already for a while, and number two, it it did answer a lot of questions that my family and I had, and. And, you know, because we didn't know why. We're like, was he angry? Was was um, the support not there? Like, mm-hmm. what was it? 
you know, and 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 just as we suspected, like no, like the love, the the support, it was there, you know, but it was what he was feeling inside, yeah, you know, and it was a lot of the things that he was holding on inside, you know, and and I feel that you know, like you said right now, it, it, I think men in general, but especially in the Hispanic community and the black communities and in these communities where, you know, we feel we have to keep things together, mm-hmm. you know, because we are, we feel we already have a, a lot going against us, you know? And so having one more issue like mental health, like it, I, we, you know, because you're expected to have things together as men, we are expected to, be providers we are expected to strive in what we do we are there's a certain level of competition that we are expected to in a way to perform you know we there's that expectation of us and and in his letter i mean it was just full of these expectations that he had for himself Mm -hmm. that he felt were not met you know because the love of my aunt the love of my cousin it was there it was just he was this 30-year-old young man. And when I started to read the letter, man, like it really broke me down, Darlene, because, because um, you know, my wife, you know, she was hugging me. She was, you know, she just put her arm around me. She was just hugging me while I was reading it. Because uh, a lot of the things that he was saying was there are things that there are things that I go through, mm-hmm. you know? And it was heartbreaking to you know, see like things like one of the things that he said, like, man, I don't understand why I can't, I can't meet, you know, I can't fulfill my dreams. You know, I don't know why I, I make goals and I can't make it, you know, things like, I wish, I wish I could find a woman that loved me, you know, (laughs) you know, and it's like these things that for people are normal. But to him, it was something that he was just, for whatever reason, he felt like they weren't going for him. You know, it wasn't working out for him. And it was heartbreaking to hear, to li- I mean, not to hear, but to read, because it was like, I wish at that moment I could, I could have been like, Javi, man, like, I wish, like, I wish I could have had him face to face and him tell me these things and and me be able to tell him like, man, you're a you're you're more of a man than than a lot of these guys out here. You know, you're <laughs> you're more of a man than than me sometimes. You know, I haven't been a good guy. You know, but you are a good guy. You know, I wish I could have like, I wish I could have like had a face to face and be like, man. Don't worry about these girls, man. Like, you're going to find someone. Trust me. Like, give me some time. Like, you know, like, you just haven't found the right one. Like, but it's okay. You know, like, you know, it's not too late. You're only 30. You know, it's okay. Because, like, I, because I felt like that so much, you know. And, and it's crazy because, you know, when... When it finally, when it finally hit me that I was going through things in my own life, I was 30, you know, and 
I was 30 years old, literally 30 years old. And I had already been struggling with so much internally, but I didn't know what I was going through. I didn't know. Like, I, I again, I just felt like I needed to put my head down and and do what I had to do. You know, I was already married. Um, I already had my daughter. We already had my son. And, um, you know, we had just, we had just purchased our, our home, you know, so ex externally, you know, it was like, well, what is there to complain about? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the biggest taboo sometimes that our society and our culture has is that what do you have to complain about? You know, like, and I think that's what makes it so hard for men because we have responses like that. Like, like you have it together, bro. Like, what are you complaining? Yeah. Like, or that's your job. Like man up, yeah. you know? And, and, and I get it. Like there is a certain level of, of manning up that we have to do, but I believe there is a way to be able to do it, you know? And, and I remember being 30 the same age that my cousin was when he took his and you know i remember the situation that really you know there was a situation that happened in my life that i finally man i blew up you know because i was holding things inside you know I, I i a lot of the things that my cousin wrote were things that i was going through just in a different way mm -hmm. you know because that's the thing like it's kind of like when people go to the gym, you know, it's like people can compliment you like, man, you're looking good. You know, like, man, you look good. Like, man, you look, you look amazing. You're doing great. And you'll be like, nah, nah, nah man. Like, cause, yeah. cause then you see the other person, you're like, dang, 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 that's good. And then you go to that person, man, you look good. What do you do? Oh man, it's okay. Like, you know, it's like, we're like never satisfied. You know, because there's, and what we don't understand is that we're never satisfied because there's something broken inside. And I had something broken, man. I had something broken inside of me that I just couldn't. And, you know, for me, unfortunately, it was a blessing in disguise, though, because I just one day, like, I just got, it was a December, you know, it's crazy because... <laughs> All kinds of things happen during the winter, like these yeah. last few years. It just feels like my grandma passed away. My dear Pastor Armando passed away around this time. My grandma passed away around this time. And uh, but it was I was 30 years old and and it was a December. And you know, this this guy, he just started to run his mouth towards me in a way that I just didn't like. Because I felt like he was just, I felt like he was just judging me. I felt like, I felt like he was, you know, trying to discredit me. I felt like he was, like he had no idea why I did what I did. But for some reason, he felt like he had the authority to, the audacity to talk to me in a certain way. But it triggered something inside of me because it triggered the brokenness inside of me. It triggered the insecurity inside of me. It triggered a lot of emotion inside of me. But more than anything, it triggered the anger then, the guilt that I had inside of me. And so I remember, man, like I remember just, 
I remember I just had enough. And I remember just punching this guy. And I didn't even think about it. I just acted. I just I just punched him. Because I, I felt like he just represented just everything that I was just, that I constantly was fighting for. You know, I was constantly fighting for people's approval. I was constantly fighting for people's forgiveness. You know, I was constantly fighting to fit in. I was constantly fighting to be loved, to be accepted. I was constantly fighting, you know, for me. And and I just, and I felt like it was never enough. And then just hearing that, and I just, I just punched him, you know. And, and it was like, at that moment, like, I just like, what, like, it happened. And then right away, like, I just like, like, it just like the, cloud just came off and i'm like what did i just do but i say that it was the reason why i say it was a blessing in disguise is because as unfortunate as that situation was like i was so scared i went i went down a dark 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 depression during that time like it it just i just felt like everything collapsed because i felt like everything that i was trying to hold up together the image that i was trying to hold together um, you know, in church and ministry, the image that I was trying to hold up with my wife, you know, I, I felt like everything was just going to be lost, mm -hmm. you know, like being this provider, I felt like, man, I'm going to get arrested. And then how am I going to provide? You know, we just got this house and I'm probably going to lose it. You know, we just had all these things. And I was like, man, like, what am I like? I just, my whole world was just crushed, Arlene. It was just crushed. And and I went into a dark, dark, dark depression, dark depression. I didn't want to be around anyone. I didn't, I didn't want to see anyone at work. Like I just like, I would show up, but I felt like a, I felt like a zombie. And the blessing was that little by little, like I started to like, because I was all alone now with my feelings and thoughts literally started to come to my mind. Like, what is the point? What is the point of all of this? What is the point of me being here? What is the point? Like, I, I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good church leader. I'm not a good, what am I? Like, what, what, where do I fit into this world? Where do I fit in as a man? Where do I, you know, you have all these things going and you see all these people having success and this and and it's like, here I am, like, acting like a 15-year-old. You know, why? You know, and so I, I was stuck with that thought, like, what do I do? You know, and I'm so glad, I'm so thankful to God because he put two people in my life. And one of them was Pastor Armando, and he put him in my life. And I remember it was one time I was, it was, it's, it's crazy because it almost happened simultaneously because I was in my car because I would that's what I would do. I would just get off of work and then I would just sit in my car for sometimes for hours. And Jeanette remembers like I wouldn't come home for hours sometimes. I would just I would just sit in my car. We had a Dodge Stratus, I think, at that time. A little old 2001 beat up Dodge Stratus. That's what I would drive to work. <laughs> and I would just sit in it, you know, and, and I would just like, what am I doing? And so I remember doing a Google search for therapy and I could therapy, like counseling. I don't remember what exactly what I typed, but I was like counseling in the area or something like that. 
And then uh, a facility, like literally on the other side of where I used to work, came up. And it was like Genesis Counseling. And I remember I'm like, you know what? I, I got a call. And so I called, but there was it was after hours and I left a message. And then it was crazy because like shortly after, boom, like Pastor Armando calls. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? And I think it was, I don't, I can't remember. It's kind of hazy, but... I don't remember if it was that next day or that same day, but he's like, what are you doing? Like, oh, you know, he's like, let's go get something to eat. And I'm like, huh? And everything within me was like, no, like, I didn't want to see people. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see anyone, especially from church, you know, like, cause I just felt like that, like there was a time where I didn't want to have anything to do with church. Cause the situation that had happened when I punched the person had happened at church. Oh wow! And it was because it was a church member. Oh. And it was just, I just felt like, see, man, like, just <laughs> the church sometimes could be the worst. Yeah. You know, people from the church sometimes could be the most judgmental people. And I just didn't want anything to do because my whole identity after getting saved was wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. And I loved helping people. I did. I wanted to help more people that were in my situation but the more i help people the more i felt they would push me away or the more i would try the more it would get pushed away and then the same very same people that you would end up helping were the very same people that once you made a mistake they would push you away yeah or not talk to you or discredit you or not have anything to do with you well that's not love <laughs> it's like how, how do you I mean, I feel like as Christians, we want to have, like, love, like, love like Christ. So it's like, if you make a mistake, where's the love? Where's the grace? Where's the forgiveness? Yeah, it's, it's, and, and I know that that, a lot of it, through counseling and everything, like, I have learned that a lot of it has been because of me, too. Like, I understand a lot of it is because, like, I also take responsibility, you know, but you're right. Like it, it's, it's like once a person takes responsibility, like should we love to reconcile them or should we love just until they learn their lesson? Mm -hmm. And sometimes like we play that part. Yeah. We play, we play God in that, mm -hmm. you know, we're like, well, have they learned their lesson? Oh, I think they have. Well, okay. Now they're worthy of my time. Yeah. And I think it's like, we, we, we have to have a good balance, like, yeah. you know, because, yeah, there's things that my wrongdoings are my wrongdoings. Like, I I understand that I have to take responsibility for my own actions, you know, but then there is there does come a time where because, again, like, that's where this is so important because everyone deals with different situations. Mm -hmm. I understand now that what I was dealing with, that what I needed the most during that time was a support. You know, and I'm so grateful for Pastor Armando during that time because, you know, he didn't ask me, hey, George, what's going on? What happened? What this? Like, he's, let's get something to eat, you know? And and again, I was like, I want to tell him no, but I'm glad that I told him yes, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I don't, again, I don't remember if it was that same day or it was the next day when we planned it, you know, but but that was the start of two incredible journeys of healing. You know, because I, I I didn't understand 
how broken I was inside. You know, I didn't understand the issues and the traumas that I was carrying inside. You know, and and I think that a lot of times, I know for me, I never wanted to dig into those things because I never wanted to feel like I was the victim. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, and I and I think that a lot of men can relate to that. Is like like you said earlier, I don't want to be a burden. And sometimes like when you want when you when you when you do think about like no, like I don't want to burden my parents or I don't want to burden my friends or I don't want to share these things because what if I do put a strain on that relationship? Mm-hmm. And and so we in a way we want to protect it. We you know we want to protect our loved ones, you know, we want to, you know, like I love my parents, you know, regardless of what how we grew up, regardless of what they did when we grew up, things like that. I love them. You know, but it is it was something like I don't want to go down that route well because I don't I don't want to inconvenience them. You know, I don't want to bring the past up because what good does the past do? You know, but I didn't understand that it wasn't so much about digging the past or about being a victim. But like it's sometimes like we have traumas that are never acknowledged. Yeah. Um, For men, I would say because a lot of time men are not encouraged to express their emotions from a young age. Men are almost punished. Men get, you know, physically abused or emotionally abused. Um, if they even try to express their emotions at a young age, they're conditioned that way. So a lot of time men, um, even though if you are going through something, sometimes men dissociate, they avoid, they numb the feeling, they become preoccupied with other things. They're like, okay, I'm just going to keep on going. And you might get more, more preoccupied with work. Um, and I think that's, you know, they, they use that as a coping mechanism, as a trauma response um, when when feelings do arise. And it's not always the healthiest. Like, yes, it's okay to have that drive. Like, okay, I got to do something to provide. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think men really have to learn to sit down and feel your emotions because guess what? You're going to take it out on your wife, your kids, right. um, around a person that's talking mess to you at church. Like, you're going to feel... Um, you know, you're going to explode and it's going to be like, it's not even their fault sometimes. And you're going to explode because you're holding in all those emotions that are not meant to be held in. And it's not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to anyone else around you. But um, yeah, I think I want to encourage men to, to, um, you know, really sit with your emotions and try not to avoid or dissociate or try to distract yourself. Don't feel like you're a burden. Really find, you know, someone, at least one person um, who you could talk to that you trust um, and just be open to it and just be like, you know, just have a, have a word with them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, and I, and so that's why like I understand my cousin and what he was going through all so well, because it, it broke it it it, it broke my heart to read his letter. Yeah, it really did. You know the words that he, what that he wrote to my to my tia. You know even to his brother. Um, you know it was it was heartbreaking because you could, you know he, you could just. The pain was just jumping out those pages. The words that he that he wrote like it wasn't a sophisticated letter. It wasn't a. It was his heart. Yeah. You know, he he wrote his heart on that letter, you know, and and I do, you know, I do wish that 
that he could have had the courage, you know, to explain and open that in detail exactly mm -hmm. the way he was feeling with someone. And, you know, but again, yeah, we, we, we can become so conditioned, you know, we can become so conditioned that, you know, and, and a lot of times it is like in our, in the Hispanic community, man, it's so hard sometimes it, you know, I, re I remember like, I, and, and, you know, it was a combination of me wanting to protect, you know, and not victimize, but it also was a combination of, you know, of moments that I've tried to open yeah. up. You know, I remember after getting saved, I was probably maybe like 19 or 20 years old. I got saved when I was 18. And so, you know, I, after battling addiction and, you know, um, gangs and all that, you know, I got saved, went into a rehab, you know, um, God really cleaned me up, got my life together. And I remember starting to feel certain emotions, you know, and and I remember uh I think I was I don't remember if I was eating lunch. We're having we're having lunch or something with my dad. This was with my dad. And I was like, I felt it in my heart to open up. Mm -hmm. And so I, I tried to have a conversation with my dad. You know, I try to I try to like, you know, have a heart to heart, I guess you could say. And I I get it. My dad, he didn't know what, maybe he didn't know mm -hmm. how to take things. I don't know. But maybe he was going through things himself during that time. Because I know that it was during uh, even a difficult time in his life, you know, uh, relationship and, and job wise. It was, it was a difficult time, you know. And so I don't know, but I tried and it was shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't even get to get far. Yeah. Like I I you know I think I I got to like where hey I want to talk about like you know things growing up and it was just like that's it like it was yeah. like you know and 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 now I'm I'm more mature you know to understand that maybe things were going through him mm -hmm. that maybe he or maybe he just didn't know how to cope with it because I could get it I can understand if when someone comes to you and and. You know, they're going to approach you on, on a subject that it can be touchy, you know, but I felt like that was kind of like the story of my life, you know, where it was a constant like I, I want to share this, but it's like, no, bottle it, you know, yeah. bottle it, you know, like you want to cry like men don't cry. Yeah. You know, you be surprised. I, I talk a lot of my friends talk to me about, you know, because I'm a therapist. <laughs> a lot of my <laughs> friends talk to me about, you know, childhood experiences and you'd be surprised how many times someone was shut down by their dad, male and female, including myself, um, shut down by their dad when they were trying to express themselves. Um, you know, you hear of kids getting punched in the stomach. Like my friends were telling me that they would get punched yeah. in the stomach. They express any emotions. They would. Um, um, I had a friend that even his mom made him feel shameful for expressing his emotions. Um, so as an adult, he had a hard time expressing his emotions and the only kind of love that he would receive was girls that was not good for him. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, you're just conditioned so early on. And I think, um, you know, if, if fathers are listening to this, I would encourage you to give your child room to express themselves. Don't tell them, don't cry. You know, I would encourage you, like, if they are crying, like, say that's normal. It's a normal feeling. Don't ever make anyone feel shameful for, yeah. for crying or for going to you to express themselves. Because guess what? They're going to bottle that inside of them. And it's not just for that moment. 
if they're young, they're five, six, seven, whatever. If they're young, it's not just that moment. They're gonna carry. They're gonna carry that into and um, onto themselves for years. Yeah. Into adulthood, and that's yeah. causing so much damage because they're. It's damaging their relationships. Yeah. It's damaging the them trusting you as a parent. Right. Um, and you know we talked about um attachment styles. You're not you're not encouraging a secured attachment style with your child. Yeah. When you're when they're not they are not allowed to express their emotions with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and, and that is a really important subject because that was, again, you know, we can't change what happened, but I know that one of the, one of the, one of the heartbreaking things to see it on the day of the service, you know, once we, because everything happened pretty quick also mm -hmm. to like, we had, his service just happened on, um, Thursday, this Thursday that passed, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, this Thursday that passed, and um, his his real dad was was there, mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, like, you know, his so kind of backstory. Um, after he was after he was born, I, we're trying to figure out exactly when. I know my aunt and my cousin they they probably have more details as to when exactly my uncle and my aunt um, divorced and separated, you know, but. It was it was kind of heartbreaking because, you know, after that, it, it, my uncle never really tried to have a relationship with them, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until years later down the line, you know. But but by that time, because a child needs their their dad, regardless, yes, you know they and 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 so that's why I'm, it kind of ties into even the topics that we've talked about mm -hmm. of why being a father is so important i agree you know because and i'm not and i'm not i, I want to be careful because i don't want to say this I, I don't know if my uncle will ever listen to this or not but i don't want to say this in a way where i want to make him feel guilty or anything because I, what he felt that day was it was heartbreaking to see my uncle you know and again like um i don't know if i mentioned it's like we we we're related on both sides yeah. of the spectrum where so we are cousins, like, because his dad and my dad are cousins. Mm -hmm. So they're primos hermanos. And their mom and my mom are sisters, blood sisters, full-blooded sisters. So we're, like, related on both sides. Yeah. And, um, you know, so my Theo, like, I remember just, like, seeing him. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go just go say hi. And and my Theo, he's a he's a very macho. I mean, we've always known he's he's just a very macho guy. You know, typical Hispanic, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, womanizer, you know, mm -hmm. like he's got kids. I mean, he's he's just he's just he's that guy, yeah. you know, and he's a trucker. So he traveled all over the U.S. and everything and family in Mexico, families over like very macho. And I never seen him so vulnerable. And I remember just going up to him and hugging him and just to, you know, just to pay my respects to, to him, because regardless, that's his son. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, he just saw me and he just grabbed me. And he just, and he wasn't letting go. Like, he hugged me so hard. Yeah. And he just pulled me into him and he just started crying. And I felt his pain, you know, mm -hmm. I felt. Because I know that he was feeling guilty, sad, broken, so many things. And and he was just like, I don't want to see him. Because they were had a viewing it had a uh, they were able to 
preserve most of my cousin's body. So they were, you know, so they did a viewing and, and he was just like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him. No, not my son, not my son. And, and I just, oh man, I, I know, like, I know what, whatever the situation, you know, only he and God knows, you know, why they did what they did and why he stayed away the time that he stayed away. Only he and God know. I can't judge him. I can't say you should have done better. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's not my place. But I know that he was just so heartbroken. Yeah. And, um, and it really did just make me like, it really did make me think. And, and, and I mean, of course, situations like this will always make us reflect, but it really did make me like, Oh God, like, you know, I just want to be there for my kids. Like, like help me to, cause I don't want, I don't think anyone wants their kids to feel this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anyone would want their kids to feel lonely. You know, I don't think anyone wants their kids to feel like they can't find love or they're not loved, you know? And, oh man, it's, it's like, like there's this clip that goes around. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I, I, Every time that clip comes on, I want to cry, you know, because it's a, it's, it's pretty viral and, and it's so true what he says. And he's like, man, I think it says, uh, don't quote me, but I think the clip goes like he, he, it's, I think he's in a podcast and he's like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, man, I, I just want my kids to be good. Yeah. Like, man, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking, he's like, I'm not talking about that crap. Like, I want them to be mentally good. And man, like, that's so true. And I'm like, like, he's like, I don't want them to go through the same stuff that I went through. And it's so true, man. And it's like, and, and, and when you see things like that, it just really does put more perspective into you. Cause it's like, man, my cousin Javi, like no mom, no dad would want him to feel that way. I know that if my tia could take what he felt for him, she would do it in a heartbeat. You know, she wouldn't even think about it, you know. But it's like sometimes like we're just taught to suppress, you know, we're not encouraged, you know, to to because we're afraid of what people are going to think. And I feel like sometimes the even medically, the way things are set up, sometimes it, it puts more shame Cause it's like if you go to somewhere and you say, "Man, hey, I'm having thoughts of this." What is the first thing they do? Oh man, you're good. Or or <laughs> or they want to put you in a crazy house. Yeah. They want to they want to lock you up for three four days and observe you and mm-hmm. and put you and medicate you, and 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 I get it. Like those, they're precautionary things. Like I I understand. I'm not I'm not saying that it's wrong, but but it's understanding that like where is he gonna run to? Yeah. You know, if he f- he's feeling this, he's writing a letter that obviously happened either weeks or months ago. You know, it didn't happen in that moment, you know, because he stored it and he knew that they were going to find it. You know, but who was he going to really run to that were actually like maybe believe him or 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 I don't know. I, I It's there's so many answers. And that's why I think we have to, like, encourage this more to we have to be more alert you know to to these type of things you know and and create spaces for men you know that's why i'm a huge believer like as 
as much as I went through my, you know, anti-church moment, you know, anti-fellowship moment, I went through that moment, you know, but kind of going back, like, through my counseling journey and all that, it really did help me heal a lot of things, and it helped me become aware of a lot of things, and one of the things it definitely did make me more aware of is that I need community, Mm -hmm. you know, I definitely, like, community definitely does matter, you know, but community only works if we work, Yeah. right, you know, and it, it, and that's the thing, you know, like it can, you can be surrounded by many people, but if you don't put effort, if you don't put work, if you're not vulnerable, if you're not transparent, if you don't find, you know, whether it be one person that you can be 100% honest with, it's going to be very difficult for them to even embrace that or to know how to help you, you know, so, you know, it, it's. I think we need to create these safe spaces for people to be able to 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 really sometimes just to listen. Yeah. You know, it, it sometimes it's not even uh, to offer like a word. You know, sometimes it's just listening. You know, and that's one of the things that I learned through therapy. Like cuz it was crazy for me. I had never gone to therapy that way. You know, I had done group therapy in juvenile and and most of the time you're just kind of like you're just kind of eyeing, you know, you're, you're worried. You don't want to reveal too much because yeah. then, you know, you, you're 24 hours a day with the other inmates, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. you don't want to like expose too much. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, cause they'll use it against you, you yeah. know? So, you know, you're always careful, but I, so I've never been in a, in a situation like where I'm like, I'm actually coming to therapy. Like I, like I'm not court committed. That's, that was very big of you. <laughs> it takes a lot for a man to go to therapy. So I, I give you major props for that. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was, man, I never thought that I would like, I never thought I was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But I remember like going in and, and, and I remember the, the, the therapist, the counselor. So why are you here? You know, tell me. And I was like, I'm like, it like the whole time leading up, I'm like, what do I say? You know, what should I say? And this, and and, and but something in me just said like if you want help, you need to be honest. Yeah, you need to be honest. Like, and that, and that because that was one of my problems. Like, and that's one of the things again, like taking responsibility. I was always a good liar. You know, I was always there's a there's a, I don't know I don't remember what number it is on the enneagram. I don't know if you've ever done that. Mm-mm. I can't remember which. There's a number on the enneagram though. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's the deceiver. You know, and that's like, I was good at that. Like, I was good at putting on a good act. Yeah. You know, I was a good manipulator. I was a good, you know, I was good at that. You know, I was, so so when it came to hiding my emotions, I was good at it. You know, I was good at, you know, my wife would even like, you know, why, how is it? Like, you're, you're like this in front of people. But then when you come home, like, why can't you just talk? Mm-hmm. You know, and I... Like, I don't know. And it's true. Like, I would be able to, like, I I could be mad and upset here at home. And then as soon as, like, we would go to, like, church or a meeting or something, like, I could flip the switch. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. And and I'm sure for my wife, it probably bugged the crap out of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure. Because it's like, yeah, like, I do. Like, you know, so something in me was just, like, be honest. Yeah. And so I remember going in and I'm like, damn, but if I'm too honest, like, what if like I scare her, <laughs> you know? 
But I was just like, no, I'm going to be honest. I remember going into the room and uh, shout out to therapists, counselors out there, man. Like, because they really, I don't know what it is about that. Even you, like, I don't know what it is. Like, you just, they're, they got, they have this ambience to them and just like where it's a safe space. And so I remember just sitting on the couch and, and it's like, so why are you, so why are you here? Tell me. And so I told her and I told her the situation about what happened that I sock someone and my anger and this and and that was one of the things that shocked me the most her response because honestly like I was so used to my whole life I've been used to you did what mm. bro like yo why'd you do that like it was automatically yeah like yeah. an automatic and I understand like we're not all therapists yeah. so it's like what you did what bro like you know like you know, and I get it. You know, that's our natural response mm -hmm. sometimes. But she was just like, hmm. It's like, oh, and how did that make you feel? And what? I was like, what? Like, girl, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, so you're not going to scorn me? You're not going to, like, no. like, like the, you're not going to call the popos right now? <laughs> we're, pretty much, we're pretty much taught to not really, like, just have, like, a poker face or have, like, a empathy kind of face. Um but a lot of time, what people don't really realize is that a lot of therapists have a lot of trauma themselves. Mm. And that's the reason why they even go to that field is maybe be, for me, it was kind of like, I want to help the next kid. I don't want the next kid yeah. to feel suicidal. I don't want the next right. kid to question their love. I want the next kid to know how to cope with their feelings because I'm struggling now as an almost 30 year old how to freaking navigate my feelings. And yeah. um, so you, that's something that, you know, it's for people to keep in mind is that therapists are you know, often have their own trauma. They're often, and they're taught to not be so reactive like yeah. that, but they will, you know, scold you a little bit. If like, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're practicing, like, let's say, you know, you come to me and you're just like, I just want to stop yelling at my, at my wife. And in the next session, you're just like, I yelled at my wife yesterday. I'm going to be like, dude, right. Why'd you yell at your wife? Yeah. This was your homework from this week to next week. You couldn't stop yelling at your wife. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's the scolding that you're going to get. But like initial, the initial reaction shouldn't be like a major. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I loved, you know, because I wasn't, I didn't know. I thought, I literally thought I was going to get, and I, I have, like, I've had therapy sessions where I have been like, I've been scolded, you know, and I've needed it, yeah. you know, and it's, it's been great because there's been a relationship built there, you know, a trust factor there. But yeah, like it was just something. And that was one of the things that I always tell people. I always try to encourage men, you know, and I've, I've encouraged so many men, you know, like go to therapy, go mm -hmm. to therapy, go to therapy. That's one of the things I, you know, it, here's the phone number. Here's this, you know, and they're like, but is it going to fix me? Is it? And I'm like, no, like I always, that's one of the things I always tell people is that it, it's not going to fix you, but what it's going to do, like for me, what I can honestly say is that it allowed me to understand what I was going through. You know, it, it gave me the permission that I needed when I needed it, you know, to be able to um, release what I needed to release, you know, because it created that safe space to be able to talk about some of the things and issues safely, because I think that we are our worst enemies, especially mm -hmm. as men, but women too. But as men, I can only speak more, you know, from a man's point of view, but I believe we are our biggest critics, Yeah. you know, and because I can probably write a whole book of 
you know, all the things that I've talked myself out of, you know, or, you know, and it usually ties, we usually talk ourselves out of things and they're usually tied to how we grew up, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, if we are feeling something like those voices in our heads from our childhood are going to come up, like, shut up, like man up, get it together. Like Mm -hmm. this is life, you know, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, so we constantly, and, and so we never truly allowed ourselves to, and that's one of the things that therapy really taught me was that it gave me permission not to blame other people because that's the thing a lot of men do too. They're like, no, but I don't want to be the victim. I don't, why am I going to go somewhere to talk about my feelings and blame everyone? It's like, no, it's not about you blaming anyone else. It's not about you taking the blame off of you either. You know, it's, it's cause it's taught me more than anything, like things to take responsibility for, Mm -hmm. you know, but in a healthy way, exactly. You know, because there's a lot of things that we try to take responsibility for that we have no responsibility Mm -hmm. to take, you know, and there's things that we try to push away that that's the reason why, you know, we, we, you know, we are feeling the way we're feeling. And I know that's one of the things that we talked to you about earlier, not earlier, but in that when we're like getting prepared for the, Mm -hmm. for those episode was like, I mentioned, I was like, you know, I think that one of the things too, is that we have to also uh, teach men that it's not about just uh, shifting the blame, but it's also understanding that how some of our own decisions took us to a place where we're now we're struggling with mental health because of the choices that we make sometimes too, you know, but a lot of times like we don't understand it because we don't know how to process emotions healthy mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yeah. Like, like it's like I was kind of saying earlier is that you start to dissociate, you start to like avoid it. You're kind of just like, nah, that's okay. And then you have those voices in your head, like man up. And, um, it's, it's unfortunate and it sucks and you suffer and everyone around you suffers. And oh, like, I just, I just wish that men were not too like shameful to seek therapy. Yeah. Like even, you know, I've, you know, I have a lot of friends like from the gym that, um, you know, we talk about life in general and even, you know, people that are someone that I was dating before is just like, you know, I, I often was asking him how he was feeling because I knew his life. I knew him well enough to know that he dissociates when he's feeling overwhelmed and he blocks the emotions. He's he's numbing himself and he's just on the go. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I was like, this is going to hit him like a truck when he does feel it. Yeah. And I know um, maybe that's what he, what he might be experiencing um, as like now. But I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. And it sucks because you, you numb yourself for so long that by the time you feel it, it's yeah. you're exploding. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened to me. And, the, and in this big sense, that's exactly what happened to my cousin, just in different ways. But I just thought that it was so crazy and so interesting at the same time that we were both 30, mm-hmm. you know, when it was a pivot. It was a big pivot in our life, you know, and I wish he would have taken a different pivot, you know. But I think that's what I truly, my heart, because that was one of the things, reasons why I, like, and I had to kind of remember, like, I think in a way, like, it was a wake-up call, you know, that's the way I took it. It was a wake-up call because it's like, why did I start Offbeat Podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, why did we start Offbeat Podcast? Because 
Offbeat podcast started, it didn't start on YouTube. You know, it didn't start with the cameras. It didn't. It started, it started when we really started to sit down with people and we started to really realize, man, you know, we would sit down with couples and and you would hear the stories of men and how they would feel. Mm-hmm. Or we would sit down with wives and realize how they felt in their marriage and and a lot of the emotions that they would feel was because it was tied to a, a, a low level of, of, of self-esteem. You know, a lot of it was tied to childhood trauma. A lot of it was tied to past relationships, you know. And and so we would sit down and, and, and you know, and we would have these conversations. And at the end of it, it would always be like, man, you should start a podcast. Yeah. You know, and 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 it would it would be in coffee shops with my friend, and you know, and he would share with me his his struggle with anxiety, and he would sh- share with me his struggle with depression, and 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 how he would feel, and and the sadness, and you know, and and conversations with other people that were man, like my cousin, you know, overdosed on drugs, and or or my uncle killed himself, or this or that, you know, and that's where Offbeat Podcast truly started. You know, and 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 I had to remind myself, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Like, I love the interviews that we're doing. Like, I feel like this last year it taught me so much. You know, on podcasting, it's 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 taught me a lot. I've sat with some wonderful people, and people have been able to share their wonderful stories, and and I love it. But I feel like, man, you know what? This this year, you know, uh, we do have some pre-recorded interviews that we're gonna get out. You know, actually, one of them is going to be that's going to be coming up is about absent fathers, mm-hmm. the effects of absent fathers. Um, you know, the other one is going to be about um, it was pre-recorded, but we interviewed a, a woman deputy sheriff and she shares some of her experiences and, and you know, and the things that she sees in, in, in our young people, you know, because we live in the, the, what scares me so much, man, is that because I, I, I had the honor my, my tia and my cousin and i thank you guys so much when you guys see this thank you for giving me that honor i was able to officiate the service mm-hmm. and boy i was nervous you know i've 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 been able to speak in front of people before and but not like this and man it was it was tough <laughs> it was tough because i was like I was trying to get myself together. I think I ran into the bathroom like once or twice to like kind of throw up, you know, because I was just so nervous. Like I didn't, I was like, man, like why in this circumstance? You know, like <laughs> I remember my aunt made a comment and um, because they, they the service that they got, um, it, it, it came with a limousine. And so the, the limousine picked up the immediate family, like my tia, we were, we were there too with my tia and everything. And, and my tia, you know, she's she's so funny. She's she's so cute, man. And she, she's because she's just a she's a strong girl, strong strong woman. My tia, like there, she's a little she's a baddie. You know what I mean? She's she's crazy. She could be. <laughs> she's, and um, she's like, she had a little moment. She's like, ah, oh. she's like, why I get a limo for this? Like, should have had a limo for his wedding, mm. you know and. And, you know, and I know what she meant, you know, and, and it's true. Like, like that would have been a more beautiful moment, you know, but, but as I was, you know, we're, I was just thinking like, man, like, why does it have to be this? Why do I have to address my family in this? 
in this moment. Um, but after reading his letter, it, it, it gave me a lot more context. And it gave me confirmation, you know, within me to to what I was going to say. And I really, at that at that moment, like, I'm like, because I, I have been to so many funerals. And sometimes, man, like, some of these people that go up on these funerals, they're so scripted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. If it's like a pastor from the church, they probably have like a pre-script. I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much because I feel like a lot of these pastors don't even do their homework. Yeah. And I'm not talking about sitting behind a desk studying for two, three hours. I'm talking about that they never did their homework on who the person was. Mm-hmm. Or they don't even try to bother. You know, they're just, I'm going to go up there and just such cliche messages, like just, and I just like, man, I I don't want that to be like this. I was like, I want to honor my cousin's memory. And there's nothing that I'm going to say right now that is going to comfort my aunt or my cousin. Like, there really isn't. And there's nothing that I'm going to say that is going to bring him back. So after I read his letter, I felt confirmation. I was telling my wife, I afterwards, I said, you know what? His letter really gave me context that I'm not going to, it's not going to, I don't want this to be just a normal service. Mm-hmm. I want us to honor his memory and I really wanted to address everyone. I really wanted to address everyone with the issue of mental health. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. You know, and I I addressed them f- for them. You know, and and I was like, you know, the best way that we're going to be able to honor my cousin, we can't bring him back. Nothing I say is going to bring him back. Nothing, you know, but, but we can prevent this, you know, and I remember like just having this, I got this just burst of passion in me while I was speaking and I was just, and I just wanted people to know how loved they really are mm-hmm. because I, it you know, as antisocial as my cousin was, it was so amazing to see his service. There were so many people there, huh, babe? Like, it filled. There was people standing in the back. And I was like, man, like, I wish he could see. You know, I really wish he could see that he really was loved. Maybe people didn't know how to love him because again, like what he would, a lot of times it, it's not so much that people fail us. It's just sometimes, and that's why this message has to get out. It's just that we don't understand what we're feeling, especially men and women. We don't understand what we're going through. We can't identify. I, cu- I couldn't identify. 30 years old, married, two beautiful kids, Darlene, which has got a house. I mean, anyone would probably be proud, would probably be like, man, that's what else do you want, bro? But I didn't know why I felt what I felt. I didn't know why. I couldn't pinpoint it why. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know. And and so that's why I just wanted to encourage people like to seek the help. Yeah. 
to seek the help that they need to find someone, find someone that they can trust. And if they can't, then then try therapy. And if that therapy doesn't work, then go to another therapist. Like, yeah. but don't give up. Like, how many times do, like, there's so many things. Like, we do that with everything else. Like, we don't like a show. What do we do? Go we change next. it and go mm-hmm. to another show. Do we give up on TV? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. You know, like we do it with our phones. Like, oh, I don't like that. We do that with pictures. Oh, I don't like that picture. Let me delete it. Let me, we, oh, I don't like that pizza. I'm going to go try another pizza. Oh, McDonald's did me dirty. But there you go. You go back to make a D's. Like, it's like we do that with everything else except our mental health. You know, sometimes we give up like so easily because of something. Just because something went wrong. Just because something didn't work out the way that we wanted to. Maybe somebody did let us down. You know, I've been let down and I've let other people down, you know, but that's the thing like is is just because something failed us or something let us down. It doesn't mean we should quit. You know, it doesn't mean that we should stop searching because down the line, like we're bound to we're bound to we're bound to find, you know, and 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 I think the biggest thing, though. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to leave people with was was not with religion. You know, I didn't want to leave people with, you know, like I didn't want to leave them with that taste of religion. I wanted them to leave there with that taste of Jesus, you know, because at the end of the day, like whether people, you know, whether it sounds cliche or not, but one of the things that truly has centered me in my life even in my lowest moments it has been jesus yeah. you know and and although i've struggled with my identity and i've struggled with my low self-esteem and i've struggled with all those things because those things come from experiences that we have no control of and some experiences that we did have control of and unfortunately sometimes choices we make do have consequences and sometimes those consequences, those that struggle with mental health more, feel it more, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like someone who, I always give the example, like, there's people that can divorce, and they'll be okay. Yeah. They'll move on. And then there's other people that divorce, and man, their world is crushed. Yeah. You know? So, why? Because we're not, we're all built different. Mm-hmm. We all have different tolerance levels yeah and our mental health it's 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 a muscle it's a brain it's it's our hearts our emotions it's it's not something that everyone oh darlene feels the same as jeanette no you feel different you guys process things different and so i wanted to leave people that man like the one who's always going to really know us is god yeah he really is the one and and as broken and as 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 messed up as we are sometimes, you know, even despite our choices sometimes that we make or the choices that we had no control of and that things just did happen to us. But at the end of the day, like he really loves us and he will guide us towards the truth and he will wrap us and he will love on us and he will put the right people in our path. You know, I believe that, you know, because his desire is for us to to understand that love his desire is for us to be able to know and understand that we are loved beyond measure 
and I wish my cousin, I wish I could have told that more to my cousin. Yeah. You know, I wish I could have hugged that big old teddy bear, man. And, and just tell him like, Javi, like your love, man. Like, and I love you and, and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to hear that when you don't believe it yourself, that you're loved. Um, because, you know, before my last relationship, I was, I was kind of feeling sad too. Cause I was, you know, I wanted to have another kid before 30 and I'm turning 30 next week. And, um, you know, I, I talked to my dad, my dad's really good at hearing my emotions now, my feelings now, but you know, I, I talked to him about, you know, my relation, my relationship and he's like, Darlene, I know there's nothing more than you want, Sorry, but um family he's like he's like you've been preparing yourself to get married and to have more kids and he was like you have your career you're successful he's like you care about people you love people he's like i know you as my daughter that you want a family so i kind of feel for your cousin because i feel like we put that pressure on ourselves to like be married and to be loved and to have a family. Like, I have my daughter and I love her. She's my family. But, you know, I want, um, I just, I wanted to be married. Yeah. And so, you know, when you talked about your, your cousin, like, I feel for him because sometimes it's hard. It's hard to um, believe that you're loved. If you, you're not sustaining a relationship or, um, you know, you're not where you want to be in life. And, you know, recently, um, I just been praying a lot to God and I was like, you know, pleading to God, like, please God, like save my relationship, you know, help him help me. like, and you know, I believe God's working in him and that he's in his own journey now. Um, but I know God loves me. And God has been there for me. He's not going to leave me. And I believe, you know, I truly believe that God, you know, it's in the Bible. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have a helpmate. And I believe that God's going to provide that for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would be something that I would love to share to your cousin, too, that, you know, that's that's my hope. That's where I am. So I'm so hopeful for the future. And I wish, you know, um someone would have told your cousin that too. Like you're not meant to be alone. You're not unlovable. God has someone for you. Like you're still young. And I had to remind myself too. I'm still young. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and, yeah. And it's, and again, like for some people it might be like, Oh, that's such a cliche. Like, (laughs) Oh, Jesus is a crutch. And it's like, yeah, you know what he is. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. Because it really has, he really has, my situation probably would have been different by now. Who knows? But you know, like it's, it's sometimes like we, you know, and and that's one of the things that I feel like even we as the church, we as believers, we have to get better at, at understanding how God's love and how God's word is applicable to our life and even to mental health. You know, I... I always love the story of it's funny because once I started struggling more with mental health, it's funny how certain stories of the Bible started to pop out more. 
you know, and and how even the way, even how Jesus was and how he would interact with people, how how it would pop out in a different way, you know, and my whole fire and brimstone method of preaching changed. It really did because I started to understand that this whole fire and brimstone style, it might excite people. It might, yeah, like revival and this and, but you know what? Like we're always looking for, for the, for the hype. Yeah. You know, even in Christianity, we're always looking for the hype and there's nothing wrong with it. Don't, I don't want to bash it either because there's, I think there's times and places, but I always, I always refer to, uh, there's a song that Kirk Franklin has and, and then, and then I don't know if it's in the middle or something, but I love what he says. And he says, the preacher taught me how to shout and how to speak in tongues, but preacher teach me how to live, not when the tongue is done. And that's exactly, you know, we need to be better at is like, man, how do, how, how do I live outside of Sunday? Because on Sunday, yeah, like there's, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's merry. It's beautiful. But then once I leave Sunday, I got Monday through Saturday. I got Monday through Saturday with my wife. I got Monday through Saturday with my kids. And a lot of times we don't deal with topics or sometimes we, we even, you know, we, we are like, uh, we are like, we kind of, we are like the, the, in Christianity, sometimes we can be like the machos, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Of Christianity sometimes like Hispanic culture, you know, you got your machos, like where just man up, just woman up. And in Christianity, sometimes you can have the same thing where it's just like, man, that's life. Just get through it or God's going to get you through it. And and it's crazy because once I started struggling with those things, like one of the stories that came to me was the story of Elijah. Elijah. Um, I started to read Elijah's stories and, and Elijah was a great man of God, great man of God. And he, and, and there was a moment in, in that story where he had just done some great things for God. Um, he had just challenged the, the prophets of Baal, the false prophets, you know, challenged them beat them um god came through god showed how powerful and how mighty and word got back to the queen and that was queen jezebel at that time and jezebel had a lot of power a lot of influence at that time and when she heard he thought because he, he had an expectation see just like us mm-hmm. he had an expectation Lo, there's no way that they can deny who god is now there's no way god just demonstrated his power Jezebel gets word, and instead of her being like, oh, dang, like, you're right, Elijah, like, you're right, like, God is almighty, he's the only, only, only God, I'm going to worship him, I'm going to change my ways, she got angry, she's like, he did what? He killed my prophets? Okay, he's going to see what I'm about now, and so what happened is that she sent a messenger to him, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, all right? Mm -hmm. All the Bible scholars out there, if you want to read it, read the story. I'm paraphrasing, but sends a messenger to Elijah, and and the message was basically, "Hey, like, God be my witness, or God kill me if by tomorrow I don't have your head on a platter because of what you did." Mm-hmm. And Elijah, his expectation crumbled. He had an expectation of what was supposed to happen, of what God was supposed to do, and what happened is that instead of saying. God showed up once, he'll surely do it again, right? No, his human nature came out. And what happened? He said, I'm out of here. I'm running. 
And it was a combination. The reason why he ran, though, it wasn't so much because he was scared of Jezebel. I feel like it was more the human nature of his expectations being mm -hmm. crumbled. And what happens is when our human expectations crumble, then it's easier for the other, for the bad emotions to come in, which was fear. Fear came in and what happened? He ran. And when he ran, there was a moment when he was, when he was, when he was running, when he was in the desert, when he was all alone, God was still with him though. And there was a moment when he's like, man, you know what? God, he said, God, I can't do this. I've let my forefathers down. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be a prophet. I'm not. In other words, like his whole identity was just stripped from that moment. And he didn't know what to do. And he and that was one of his prayers. He's like, God, take me. I've done what I could. Take me now. You know, and so it, when I was reading that story, I said, man. Because there's so many messages about Elijah, but not like that. Because there's always like Elijah prayed and rain fell. Elijah prayed and fire came down. We always, because as Christians, sometimes that's all. We want the highlights, but we never really talk about the human nature of what people actually went through. His human nature was came out in that story. And we were able, and I said, man, so many of us are like that. We have these expectations. And when those expectations, our own expectations come crumbling down, how easy it is to forget how much God loves us. This was a man of God. Mm -hmm. And so what I started to say, I say like, man, like if that could happen to him, how, how can it not happen to us? Of course it's going to happen to us. We got to wake up as a church that like, man, we go through this. People in your congregation go through this every single day, every day they go through this. Yeah. But we don't, but why? Because we're only looking for the highlights. We're yeah. only looking for the good. We're only looking for the revival. We're only looking to what we can use. And we're never really thinking about what are the people actually going through in their life at this moment? Yeah. What are the struggles that they're going through? What is culture teaching them at the moment that is because, man, we live in a crazy culture right now. I mean, social media has has us is a Ooh. big, big 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 part it's a it's everything on social media for the most part is false like you know we, yeah. we have podcasts and you, you, you see podcasts on social media um i think a lot of time they're authentic but even then some podcasts kind of throw in some like just because it's on a podcast people are like oh this is true yeah. this is facts but like it's like it's sometimes you just listen to it and you're just like so ignorant yeah it's such an opinion and such a horrible opinion or like you see people posting like um you know what they have like just because they had a little bit of money to buy a, a amazing purse or it's just it's it, it puts like expectations on us and yeah. it's like we shouldn't even be comparing ourselves to anyone on social media yeah, yeah. no yeah it's like it does like it those expectations for mothers sometimes mm -hmm. like oh this is how motherhood should be this is how you should be a wife mm -hmm. this is and we put all these different expectations and and it's like well yeah no wonder you know if you have other 25 26 27 year olds in, in on social media that you follow and if they seemingly right because we don't know sometimes seemingly have it more together how is it that you're 25 26 27 years old how do you think that's going to make you feel mm-hmm 
is going to make you feel like, dang, I'm not doing enough. I got to get my stuff together. You know, like, oh, I got to do this. I have to, I have to compete. I have to be better. And it's like, man, you know, like on the plane right here, when we're at the airport, we kind of talked about that, huh? We're like, man, I'm so tired of these dumb social media expectations. Oh, yeah. You know, because we kind of talked about, we're like, for two weeks, you know, since the tragedy that happened with my cousin up until coming back, we, we haven't touched anything. We haven't touched our businesses. We haven't touched anything. So we've had a whole stream of income literally coming in, you know, and, but I was like, you know what? But I feel such peace because you know what? We were there where it mattered. Mm -hmm. We were present where it mattered. And I'm so grateful for my wife that I'm so grateful for you, babe, because if she were anyone else that had all these other expectations, she'd probably be like, no, like, hey, you know, let's let's leave sooner or no, we can't. What do you mean? What do you mean? We're going to come back, go and then come back and then fly and this. And where's all this money going to come from? Where's, you know, because, you know, it was a lot of expenses accumulated money that we had to put on our own. Like, you know, and so she could have been like, no, but this, no, but that. But what about this? But what about that? But never once complained. Never once like, oh, you know, like, oh, I got to do this. If, if anything, it's she's like, man, I just feel like because, yeah, you're on social media and you see everyone and you see everyone posting for New Year's. Right. Yeah. Businesses posting for New I Year's. I avoided New Year's because <laughs> I was already like single and I was like, I don't want to see anybody like, you know, with their significant other. Like I'm over here missing yeah. him, wanting to see him. I avoided social media. Yeah, because it, it can it really can. It's it's as much as we don't want to, but it can, you know, and and I'm like, man, you know what? Like I told her, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm just so tired. I'm like, I'm like you know what? God's got us. Mm -hmm. You know, God's got us. God really does got us. And and I know that he's going to provide yeah. and it isn't going to be because we're posting three, four times a day and we're doing this and we're doing that. And we're like, nah, it's not going to be it's going to be because I, my one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is, man, you know, one prepares the uh, horses and the chariot, but it's God who wins the battles. Mm. Like all we have to do is just prepare for the battle, but he wins the war. He wins the fight. And I love that scripture. There's another one that even says like, and it is the Lord who promotes. He's the one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, you know, because it's like, we have like, these are moments that we have to be present for them. And I'll be honest with you. And the, the a, a mix of that came from, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit disappointed. I was a bit disappointed with some things because when this tragedy happened with my aunt, I reached out to people mm -hmm. that are in the church. Not my church. The church that I go to, a few people reached out to me and I'm so grateful that but this was people in Las Vegas. And when I told them what happened, one person never replied back. Mm -mm. And he's a pastor. The other replied back and then he didn't go. And then my mom's pastor, my mom's a faithful member there, gives there. Didn't even call to ask, what can we do? 
We didn't ask them for money. I wasn't asking them for money. I wasn't asking them for finances. I wasn't asking them for much. But not one of them. What is the address? I'd like to go visit them. That's your family member? Let's go. Mm -hmm. Not one. Not one. It's a bit selfish. Why? Because we live in a backwards culture. Mm -hmm. Even the church. We're having a service is more important because if we don't have a service, we don't have an offering. That is the culture within the church right now. That is the culture. And it made me sad because they belong to a ministry that I gave so many of my years to mm -hmm. and my wife also. And I know we're humans. And it's not affecting me in, the, in, a, in any negative way. Because my wife, she, she's, I don't know where she gets it, but sometimes in moments, she always has the right words to say. And, and I shared with her what had happened and what I felt. And You know, she had a way of comforting and, and I'm, and it didn't change my view. I w I'm not mad at God, you know, and that's why it's so important to wrap your identity around God and around Christ. Mm -hmm. Because people, man, just, I don't know. I don't know why, you know, I really don't, you know, but. This should have been a moment. This could have been a moment where more than anything, you know, they could have brought comfort, you know, to a family. Yeah. You know, I wasn't asking anyone to fly out of state. I wasn't asking any, but it was, it wasn't convenient. That's what I imagine. Because there's really no other explanation, but. But it just goes to show that sometimes mental health, it doesn't matter sometimes the way it should. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to put a more, we need to put, I'm not saying that we get so consumed where it's only about mental health because there's other areas in our lives that we need to build as well, right? Yeah. But it should be important, you know? It should be important where we do talk about these things and we do encourage our young men, our young women, our young couples, you know, to really seek out the help that they need when they need it. So, I mean, it's just, but I really want to honor my cousin's memory in that, you know, and especially since it, it hit a lot closer to home, it hit so close. And I feel that that's going to be the best way that I can honor my cousin is by doing this more. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a very special podcast. I know it's a special podcast for you and your family. And I I just hope that, um, you know, this brings, um, you know, I, I feel like it's going to take a lot to bring some comfort. But I just hope this is like therapeutic for you to listen to. 
um, your family members to listen to. Um, thank you for sharing everything that you shared. I think it took a lot for you to be that vulnerable and share that, you know, um, it's a very personal thing and you're still going through the emotions of it. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot better than what I thought. I thought I was, I thought I was kind of, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to hold back, mm-hmm. but cause yeah, I still have moments. I still have moments yesterday. I had a, another moment where I just, uh, you know, I, tears just started coming down, you know, cause, cause it's not like, you know, I used to call my mom and, and it was almost like every time I would talk to her and be like, how's Alex? How's Javi? You know, it was always in the conversation and I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, um, he's gone, you know, but he's going to be missed. And Tia, um, Alex, I know that you guys are going to watch this. I love you guys. And and um, I'm grateful for you guys. I love you guys. And I know that you, you guys are so strong. So strong. And, and I love you. I just want to say that. I love you guys. I love you so much. And I know that we're going to have more moments together as we should. And, um, and I just, to everyone out there, any men out there that are struggling with this, please seek help. Please. I'm going to put some information on the description as well. I'm going to try to gather as much information as we can. Maybe we can gather some phone numbers and counseling places that we know of, and maybe we can put it in the description. And um, if you're in Vegas listening to this or anywhere else, we'll, I'll try to put some stuff there and, or just, you know, follow us on Instagram and send us a message. Send us a message, man. I, if you're local in this area, uh, man, let's, if you're really struggling with something like this, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to reach out and, but find someone, find people. Sometimes we, I want to encourage men on this subject to please don't feel you have to push people away. Because I think as men, we're good at that. We're good at pushing people that love us away. And sometimes maybe maybe they don't love you the way you want them to love you. You know, I, I think sometimes we don't want to hear certain things. But you know what? Don't let that be a reason why you push people that love you away. If you have people in your life that truly love you, just be patient. Maybe they don't fully understand what you're going through. Maybe they don't. I, I get it. Maybe they won't ever fully comprehend what, what is going on. Maybe they don't fully comprehend exactly what you're feeling. And I get it. But don't let that be the reason you push them away. If you have people in your life, if you have your a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister that, that truly loves you, that wants to see the good in you, don't push them away. We need each other more than what than what we think. So let's lean on each other. Any other words you'd like to share? No, I think I already um, said like my closing remarks. And again, just thank you for having me again. And thank you for sharing your 
um, what you've been experiencing. And I just hope that, you know, I just, you know, my condolences to you and your family. It's, it's a tough subject. So I, I know, you know, there's been tears and anyone watching this might, might, shed, might shed a little bit of tears. And I just encourage you, like, you know, seek counseling. There's, you know, better help. That's a that's something that you could look on. Um, that's something that you, you could probably put on the description. Yeah. Better help, the suicide hotline. Um, there's help out there. And, um, you know, just do, do a little bit of research. I know therapy could be expensive. And I think that's why people shy away from it. But do your research. Um, and uh, there's some that provide some financial aid for it. Um, so I just, yeah. I just uh, encourage everybody, like if you need therapy and go and seek therapy. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. Um, believe me, we're, we're going to do our best to bring more awareness to this. Let's, um, I, I think, I think, it, I think she's full time. She's full time co-host you know but let's pray that she stays as a co-host yeah. <laughs> no but really like um I, I and i look forward i look forward to to what you have in the future darlene i know that you you have a desire to have a practice one day and i think yeah. you're gonna have it and <laughs> and i think that we're gonna even through here if we start building uh a, a client base through here man that would that would be amazing because you have a lot to share and 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 yeah i want Sometimes um, those that have gone through the hardest struggles, sometimes they're they're the ones God wants to use the most because they understand what pain feels like, you know. So thank you, thank you, thank you. so much for for coming on so much and 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 being with us. So this was Offbeat Podcast. Thank you guys. Don't forget to share this with someone. Um, like, share, um, and let's let's go. Let's keep let's keep doing this. Let's keep let's keep uh, reaching out to all those Offbeat people out there that feel that life isn't fair that feel that you know they're just not they just don't fit in this in this world you know what you fit in here so thank you guys so much this was offbeat podcast